Broadcasting from the blueberry capital of the world, WNJH HD1 Hamilton. The views and opinions expressed on this show are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers who are entirely responsible for all show content and do not reflect the opinions of WNJHradio.com. This program is not intended to diagnose any condition or promote any lifestyle. And now, WNJHradio.com presents The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo from Calvary Chapel Church in Hamilton. Thank you so much for joining us. It is good to have you with us this evening. We are going to, I don't want to say practice a new format, but we're going to be very careful to make sure conversational uh, style takes place. We're going to uh, enjoy each other's company more. It's going to be less of me just sharing uh, fundamentally and having uh, commentary on it. We're going to try to discuss things unbox things, unpack things, unleash things, whatever the common term of art is. Thank you for joining whatever us. Whatever metaphor works. That's correct. We are going to join. Metaphor. Yeah, like metaphor. <laughs> so why don't you join me in a word of prayer? We are going to thank the Lord God for this time. You are so awesome, the true and living God. We come to you. We invite you into this place, into our conversation. May you be pleased with us as we look to to your attributes. We know we can never exhaust the depths of who you are. We will never be able to uh, expand the boundaries that you have set. We just come to you and we, we invite you to help us to see you with a little more clarity, to be able to express to you our love and our devotion, and maybe to leave here with a greater sense of awe and wonder. May you be pleased with us. We give you all that praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're going to be discussing many of the attributes of God. We're going to use as our base in the core, there's an app called the Blue Letter Bible, and the Blue Letter Bible has lists how many of those uh, attributes? 15, of, I think they list 15. List 15 attributes of God. Now, if you were to start an exhaustive list of the attributes of God, uh, pack a lunch, because as you start talking about the Oops. infinite God, you're going to run out of time long before you run out of attributes, uh, you'll be stepping into your eternity saying, I wasn't finished yet, Lord. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, we're going to look at some just to get a little bit of a handle on 16. who he is, to be able to encourage one another with some of the attributes of God. Uh, 16. 16. I'm sorry. They list 16. <laughs> I'm teaching a series on 15 of them on Wednesday nights at Calvary right. Chapel, but uh, like I said before, you, can, you can't <laughs> exhaust... Uh, infinite. So as you start to talk about them, so the topic we're talking about tonight is what, Doc? Eternity. The eternality. 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 Can I, can I no, you can't do that. I can't, I can't put a little... Uh, <laughs> you just said we're going to unwrap it. You know it. why? Well, he's going to unwrap it. Because your microphone is facing 90 degrees oh. from the way you are. Okay. So if you want to do that, you have to yes. speak right into yeah. the microphone. Okay. You've been away for a week or two. I've been away yeah, for yeah, my... Yeah. Will be then back. you can. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as soon back. as you speak into the microphone, okay. you can have the floor. Okay. Um, there are, uh, uh attributes that ha God has strictly on his own. Okay. And we're about to talk one and it's called the non-communicable attributes of God. Now there are the communicable attributes of God. And I got this out of the, uh, continue course. There are the, con uh, communicable attributes of God and that you mainly see in the fruit of the Spirit. But with, with the fruit of the Spirit, you can put absolutely, absolute love, absolute joy. But that the Spirit wants to put into our lives, too, so that we, we become more like Him. So communicable. Would, would you 
just expound on that for just a moment. What okay. does communicable? I mean, uh, the the basic is you say a communicable disease. That's right. That's what is what does communicable mean? Communicable in diseases and in this case means it can be acquired. The disease can be acquired. So there are characteristics of God that He wants us through the Holy Spirit to acquire. But then there are some characteristics of God that are unique and only he possesses them. And this eternality or infiniteness is one of them. You know, it's interesting you use the word infinite. Joe, you want, you, why don't you give us a little brief overview of the eternality, because that's where we're headed. So well, uh, maybe it, give us a working definition. We'll start there. Well, first of all, an attribute is something when you ascribe a quality to someone— and to limit God to 16 is, you know, pretty hard, but it's, can you say they're the, they're the goodest ones, the best ones? The goodest ones, that's <laughs> the right. goodest ones. But anyway, you, you get your bestest grammar My here. bestest you, grammar. You, you've been hanging out with me okay. again, haven't you? The bestest. But anyway, when you talk, I mean, it, talks, it shows the eternity of God, the, the eternal, the, of God, from, right from Genesis 1, where it talks about in the beginning, God was there before. God was there. So be, to be, be there before and a God who'd made all things, right? It has to be eternal. It has to be a, a God that does not nev never end, forever, everlasting, like it says. So when we look at the eternal, and God wants us to know, really, that he is eternal by showing us all through the Bible and making that known to through his scriptures, through his word, because if he's not known to be eternal, everything that's taught in the Bible falls apart. Would How's you say that? that? Why? Well, if we have a God that dies, it, that goes away, all the promises and everything else goes away, correct? Well, what about a God that doesn't die, but he kind of became a God? So well, that, means that, that God... Mean, that means that to, be, to not to be a God, to become a God is in, in, mind, in a man's mind, not in an eternal way. So if a created being, a created, man, a created being cannot be a God... All right, we have we have to have a rule here on Tuesdays. No yeah. more decaf. Phew, <laughs> <laughs> You're not kidding. So if oh. God were created being, then what? He can't be God. He can't be God. Why can he? Why can't he be God? Because, and now we're going to get to another one of those attributes. Right. Well, you can't. They all overlap. They so all. You can't get yes, the eternality they do. Okay. without. You know, uh, so, God is self-existent. Do you, you don't want me to go through the the whole logic of this? No, just give me. a... Give the coach to the t-ball player synopsis. Okay. Um, God is self-existent. Anything that exists has to exist through him, including time, mm -hmm. space, matter, and energy. So when you say infinite, he is above all of the time, matter, energy, and space. He, is he made that. That exists through him. Did he make it, or does it always exist with him, in him, and through him? Well, it, it exists. Says, oh, he made it, and it exists only through him. So he made time. Time. He made matter. He made matter. He made all matter. He made it all. So he is not matter? No. He is spirit. He is spirit, and he created matter. Yes. And he created force, energy. Yes. Energy. Mm -hmm. All he, the laws of science. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he created all things. 
Yeah, including math. What and, do you, what, where do you find that? Because uh, in sounds, the beginning, I mean, it sounds to me like this is a pretty awesome God. I mean, if in Him and through Him and by Him, him all things were created. All things were created. You would think that that information would be written down somewhere so we could get to know this God. Well, even yeah. even in Psalms ninety. Uh, verse <laughs> two, it says, <laughs> "Before the mountains were brought forth, so before they formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting of everlasting, you are God." So they're talking about it, John one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that's talking about Jesus being present with God. So we can go back to Genesis one and see where it says, "In the beginning, how He created everything," right? Right, so in the beginning, is that his beginning? No. In the beginning of the world, because it says he created... Uh, we can go back to Genesis 1 if you want to look that up, how it's worded, but it doesn't say he created him, it created the world. The the yeah, right, exactly. So, so the heavens and the earth at that time are time, space, energy, matter. Right. Well, some people... Let me ask you a question. Some people, when you do your reading, believe that God exists in the past, present, and future. Correct. At the same time. Correct. So everything's right. not happening laterally like we, we're living. You mean literally. Literally, right. It's, hap it's all occurring at the same time. Yeah. See, it's the best, the best analogy I can get is trying to understand infinite from the finite position is uh, difficult at best. It would be... Uh, impossible at best. It is uh, futile at worst, trying to fully comprehend it. To get to understand it, we have to somehow uh, explain it using things that are examples in our life. How can we see the past, the present, and future of something? We can only look through future through the lens of experience of past. We can look to the future through uh, a lens of expectation, but we can't look to the future through a lens of absolute. We can expect things. We have a historical reference to say, if you plant a... Blueberry. Blueberry. If you plant a, a blueberry bush in the ground and you give it proper nutrients and the growing conditions are right, eventually you're going to get blueberries. So you can expect the, that. But it doesn't have to be that way. The, uh, the things only can way, change. The only way that... You can see past, present, and future at the same time. It's to not be in time. See, and uh, that's why I, I have to love the recent scientists. And by recent, I mean the last few decades, because they really are some smart people. I don't discount science. I don't poo-poo science. I love science. I think scientists are, uh, are very smart, and they think about things that uh, I may not have spent the amount of hours thinking about, and some of their conclusions are pretty good. One is that they believe that time— is either linear or not. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Uh, there's something that they refer to as string theory. I don't want to get into string theory. But when you start to think about it, they can, in their mind, they're smart enough to process through stepping outside of time and viewing time. And if they can step outside of time and view time, then they can view points along that time. And if they could take that time and wrap it up into a string and have parts of that string actually loop back, that would be some kind. And I'm like, you know, that's pretty interesting. But when I see that, I think to myself, you guys are telling me all about a god who is so much better than this that he could create something so remarkable as time 
to blow my mind, but not his. So I look at time and I think, this is an amazing God, but only an eternal God can create time. Only an infinite God could even come up with the concept of... But everybody knows, has a sense of infinity, having never seen it. Um, you know what? I- I'll buy that. I never. Even I mean, we about have that. a sense of infinity. How do you have a sense of infinity? Oh, Explain you that. tell any little kid, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. They watch the on Toy on. Story to infinity and beyond. Uh, no, beyond. but how do you not even? How do you? But, was, they, but to understand that, to understand, I mean, you you have that's a the hardest part to understand infinity. To in infinity. your being that has a thing that when you draw it says and these lines are go to infinity in order to get the proper perspective yeah we do but that yeah, we do yeah. that in fifth grade you'll tell the fifth grader and, and the, like uh <laughs> and you just ask them like uh i hate you to the power of six and they'll look right back at you i hate you to the power of infinity Na 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 boo boo, like because you can't argue but, with that. But, yeah, they don't even understand then, infinity. They certainly don't understand to the power of infinity. But, but their teacher taught them, and their and their mind can understand it. At what it is just goes on. Twelve years old, well, they can say, "I can understand the, something that's never going to end." One of the that's easiest I've way. never seen, never experienced. But the thing is, this too. Every day, people will deal with something that is above nature, and that's math. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you talking eternity? Et- I said I love science. I understand minute, math is a minute, science, but yeah, if you hear me snoring. Well, yeah, <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing. Everybody can show you two phones, three phones, four phones, but nobody can show me a four. Correct. It's a concept. No, that's four fingers. You that's can't show me a four. Well, this isn't a phone. No, no. There's electronic okay, device. Four. So we I'm have only kidding, we, I'm only we do have a four minute rule. Yes. So this is, is four. This four. No, that's the, that's a representation of a four. Well, so, uh, let's let's stop talking about okay. that. So let's we, go this. this. Is on, this I, is, I do want to set this as a boundary. We have a four minute rule. Okay. No matter what we do, four no minutes. matter what, since this Who's is timing? topical and we get have discussion here. Get that timer. At going. the end of four minutes, if we have not, is our producer taking care of the four? Made the connection to the application Where'd to the point that we're four? making. Because we mentioned four? I think, yeah, I like four. You like I four? think like four is good. I like five. I was looking at the I clock. Like we were just about four minutes. Three minutes. How about three? Three's well, a nice number. Three. He didn't lose me at three. He lost me at four. So once I hit four, I'm like, you know what? If we have talked long enough, if we have not brought Christ into it, God into it, or made Cut the it application, then we're going to have to stop and move on to another topic. In fact, we'll just pass, you the, know- pass the baton to somebody else you got. So nail it, Doc. Okay. There are, there are things in our brains, okay, and concepts, okay, that we have inherent and we use every day that point us to an infinite and eternal consciousness. Okay, close enough. He got us to an eternal consciousness. We're looking at the Facebook people saying, it's the best we got right now. You want to know how to look at eternity? Uh, uh, So we got an an (laughs) eternal consciousness, which is where I know Doc has a lot to say about this, but I want us to recognize. Let's start with the the truth. Let's start with with the fact. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, mm-hmm. because God is infinite. In him, 
all things consist. God always was, and God certainly is the beginning and the end. He is, in him all consist. He created life, earth, death, time, matter, all things. So because he has, he has given us the ability to appreciate him. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He went through six days of creation, including creating man, and then he looked at what he had created and said, it is good. He created it so that we might know him. God then dwelt with man in the cool of the day, becoming this, putting on a form so that he could walk in the garden with Adam and Eve. What a magnificent God. He could have chosen any other means to connect with humanity, to create humanity, but he chose to create them as people, put them in a garden, in an environment where he could then meet with them and regularly have fellowship with them. That's the heart of God. So the infinite God created a world that in its design was designed not to end. Yes. The earth was designed... To be there for the place that we could meet God and fellowship with him. For how long? Forever. Forever. So why are we not living in forever, Doc? Um, The fall. The fall. Which fall? The first fall. The rebellious fall. So the rebellious fall brought about something that is the... Death. Death, which is what? A separation of your body from your spirit and your soul. For man, it's a separation of the body from the spirit and the soul. soul. So to God, it's the separation from him. For the tree, what is it? The tree? Trees. Trees? Oh, it's... For cupcakes, for mushrooms. Oh, for decay. So death is what? Decay. The loss of functionality. Loss of functionality. The absence of life. Right. So cut down a tree... It does not separate from its spirit. I want to be very clear in that. So man is unique in that man, into man, God breathed a living soul. Right. Correct? Correct. Are you with me? So man, being a living soul, the living soul is eternal. Is my body eternal? Not anymore. Not anymore. Why? Because of the fall. Because of the fall. So because of the fall, what happens to my body? Your body deteriorates. So the same thing that happens to the tree now happens to my body. Right. And to the mountain. And to the and mountain. To everything. Isn't that a shame? Yeah. That's... But everything that is me, is everything that is me eternal? Uh, that is truly you, yes. Why? Because it's not subject to the, the, to the physical. Why is it not subject to the because physical? Because it's spiritual and consciousness. And the scripture to support that is? <laughs> I'd have to look that up. How about start with created in thee? Image of. Oh, let us create man in our image. And we're cre- Hebrews tells us we're created in the image of likeness and likeness of God. God. So we have over and over again, we're creating the image of and likeness of God. We have 2 Corinthians 15 that... that tells us that everything that we are will transcend even the death of this mortal body, and we'll, be, we'll get a when, new body. When mortality... When... Mortality puts on immortality. Mortality puts on immortality. And corruption puts on incorruption. So immortality. Is immortality the same as eternality? In one direction only. In one... I love that, Doc. That's why it's good to have conversations here. 
Tell us a little bit about the, the uniqueness of immortality versus eternality. Eternality goes in both directions. Eternality, you could almost say, is before time, and it goes beyond time. Immortality has a starting point and continues on. So you have fellowship with God once you have the kind of body, might even say a restored body, the original body that Adam had when he walked with God in the cool of the evening. So a restored body. You listening to this, Joe? Trying. Yeah, okay. So what, what do you think the differences are between, let's just call it, the body of Adam in the garden and the bodies that we get? What's what do you the, think some of the differences are? What? Oh, that's a good question. I have to think about that one. Because I mean, he just said we get a restored body, and the restored body— but, See, this is, my, this is my theory. Okay. We get a— Okay, go ahead. I got, I got a theory. My theory is this. I like that, theories. That God created the Garden of Eden, and he put man in there, Adam, and he put Eve in there. There's no sin, no death, no disease, no warts, no— And that all changed. Right. No moles, no deficiencies or defects hair. of hair. any kind. Their hair was lush, and he probably had curly brown hair— and he had, yeah, I mean, and she, you know, was without Gorgeous. blemish in her own right. Uh, he looked like, uh, you know, Gary Cooper handsome. And then So um, you're saying they were perfect before the sin. Right, they were perfect. Then sin comes in. Mankind is subject to death. The decay causes the degradation of humanity over the... Uh, centuries. So they changed the way we changed. So instead of living for even a couple thousand years, then 1500 years, a thousand years, now we live 70 or 80 years. We're happy if we get 85, 90 years out of this body, which is way different than eternal or... But but not only, not only did we suffer decay, the whole creation has suffered decay. All creation is suffering. Good point. Called the second law of thermodynamics. Entropy. And entropy, so, quickly, the one sentence. Entropy means decay. Mm, it right, comes simple. apart. Your, your car, you leave it out there, you don't, it, it will rust. So Everything at, goes from a state so of the, order to disorder. Thank you. So at the point of sin, it was disorder. Became that disorder. started the disorder. Started with Adam and Eve's body and right to us. And so right, our body. And everything. Plus the mind. Well, the, how about everything. the mind? All, All mind matter. Them. Sure. All matter. But everything. If, if the mind, people would say, if the mind was perfect, if the body was perfect, and Adam and Eve were created perfect in the image of God, why would the sin? Uh, why did sin affect them? They weren't created perfect. They were created innocent. innocent. Okay. There's nothing in the Bible that says they were created perfect. It says that they were created good. It is right. good, and they were created innocent. But what There's that looked like, we're not quite sure. Obviously, if they were perfect. They wouldn't sin, because one day we will be made perfect. sinless and made perfect or complete, and we won't sin. So that's a day I'm looking forward to, because mm -hmm. heaven is not heaven if one of you guys can foul it up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and for you guys, heaven wouldn't be heaven if I could foul it up. So it is either heaven or it's not. Since it's heaven, and there's not going to be any chance of us sinning, therefore it's heaven. But yeah, you can't sin. 
cancer. So the theory is That's that what... God created Adam, put him in a garden. God created the perfect helpmeet for him, not perfect in the right. perfect sense, but the absolute best suited for him helpmeet found in Eve, put them in a garden, then said, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, formed a great conspiracy and said, this is nice, but as soon as they sin, and sin enters into the world, and decay comes in, and the whole world is cursed. And then 6,000 years later, they're going to be having a radio program, which is blowing my mind because they're trying to understand infinity. <laughs> Here they are, and they're this close to death themselves. They're already gray-haired. <laughs> and they're <laughs> and going course, down fast. And man. going down fast. They are looking forward to eternity and no wonder why. But God's looking at us that we get to say, that one day, this is God the Father talking in heaven, one day when they f- see everything get so corrupted, then I'm going to restore all things, and I'm going to make a new heaven and a new earth, and it's going to be so much better than the Garden of Eden. I don't believe that. I believe that when God created the garden, God created it best. He looked at it, and he said, it is, it is good. good. So he said, this is the environment Nothing that gooder. I want them to be. <laughs> And I want them to be in this environment forever. Man, fa- man fouled it up, sinned. I get it. When God creates the new heaven and the new earth, I can't, there's no scriptural basis for me to conclude that it is better than the Garden of Eden. It has to be similar to, if not a replication of the Garden of Eden. Or the Garden of Eden is in the city called the New Jerusalem. Okay, but I mean, that environment for heaven has to be what the environment created was in the first place. Correct. So when I get my new creation, it's interesting. So Doc says, when we get our immortal body, Mm -hmm. and immortal means it will never be subject to death. Mankind is already mortal, which means subject to death. We will become immortal, which means not subject to death. When we're immortal and we put on immortality, what kind of a body do we get? And everybody in the room is saying, well, I'll probably have a body that looks like me when I'm 22. I'll have a body that reminds me of this. And I don't think we really have an ability to contemplate a body that has not been subject to the curse of this world for 6,000 years. It's going to be, like you said, it's going to be much like Adam's. Yeah, and, and, and scientifically, we really don't know why we age and why we break down. We have we you know, don't know why we, we don't age know. or break down. Everything ages and break, yeah, but, breaks down. But we don't know why. See, this body is regenerating, you know, ever since we were born. We're, it's breaking down, but it's also repairing itself. They don't know why it stops repairing itself at this particular you know, they say, okay, you have antioxidants and, uh, you know, you get oxidation. El Nino. El, El Nino. Climate El, change. El Nino. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the absolute mechanism of why we age the way we do, you know, and don't repair all the time, uh, they don't really have a So now we have a, we have a physician who says... Doctors don't understand the aging process. Don't know why. We, I mean, we can look at the implications and mm-hmm. we can draw conclusions and have charts and say, when you're 60 years old, you're likely to have this. 65, 70, 80, likely to have this. You can take your test. You can do the blood work. You can do all those things. And you can have indicators, but you can't understand why we're not eternal. 
Yeah. Why not? Because we do have cells that are eternal. They're cancer cells. They live on and on and on and reproduce and live on, except they're not functional. So we do have, the, but that, those cells usually kill us. So the selfish cells kill, kill us. Because <laughs> they take up all the okay. nutrients and deny the functional cells the energy that it needs to keep on going. And that's, that's the bad thing about it. Okay, so how, do we, we apply that? how do we apply that to the Word of God and to, to, for people's lives to be made better? Well, any of this? Any of this is sin is like that bad cell. Sin is like that bad cell. Right. It will take away So God's eternality in, the, in that. What is the impact? The, the, the impact effect is, remember, remember, this is God's eternality is an, a non-communicable attribute that he has. So since he always was and always will be, that's a good thing. Why? Because he is... That gets into his other attributes. Of, no, no, just, just look at that infinite. Why is being infinite important? What's good about it for us? That we can, once we put on our immortality, we become infinite in that one direction with him. Yeah, well, and so we have fellowship with him. Let's simplify it and say that God had to show through, all through the Bible that he's eternal. So we have hope in, in the belief that we have that he's eternal, that he says our body is going to die here. But we're not dying. We ha we're going to live on in a mortal body someday. So people are looking at God to be eternal. So we have a place to go. And it's just not here. So we have hope in a place of afterlife. We have hope in a God that's going to nurture us in heaven. That's and, we, and we also have this intrinsic um, knowledge that the soul, i.e. the consciousness and the spirit, which resembles God if we're born again. Okay, so hold that thought. Let's write these down because I don't want to miss them. Uh, you got a pencil and paper, Doc? I'm going to write these down. So the first thing, the first benefit we have, and we've, we've explored the facts of it, uh, the first benefit we have is that we have hope. And we have hope because God is eternal. He promises us immortality that he can be relied upon because he can't, Breakdown. He can't end. He can't have him. You want my hand? No, nope. oh, no. Please. <laughs> no, we'll take it. He has the best we'll handwriting. So, so we have hope. Hope is important because of God's eternality. We have hope. God, what's the second thing? Second thing you were talking about, which is we have knowledge. You're going to have to explain that uh, we, a little bit. We have this innate knowledge that our spirits, okay, have this immortality already there. We're not just body. Well, we have to... you got to help me with that one. Save There's you. components to us when, he said, when they said, let us make man in our image. The three of them said, spirit, soul, consciousness, volitional will, and body. That's the three parts of man. Okay, so what's the knowledge that we have that's, that and is a benefit to us because of God's eternality? The knowledge of... The knowledge wisdom. comes after the belief that you, that you believe what you believe and that the knowledge of... But even, even when explaining it to a little kid, 
he has some idea of eternal. All right, I get that. I get that. I'm just going to and, ask and that's Joe said, because God is eternal, we have hope. Because if he were not eternal, he couldn't give us hope, because we, if he can't do it, how can he promise us so we can do it? do it, right. So we have hope in him. Hope is amazing. Hope keeps people alive. It helps us to be able to get through even some of the darkest, most terrible times in our lives. Just knowing one attribute of God, that he's eternal, offers hope. So if we're in a dark room, he just lit a candle of hope. Mm-hmm. We're in a dark room, light the candle of knowledge. How? How does it help me to, to have knowledge? What knowledge is it that I have? Well, the the, know, the knowledge he's talking about is the knowledge that Jesus, that God gives us in, in the scripture about, about salvation. I mean, yeah. you've got to have knowledge about salvation if you don't have knowledge. Of, is that what you're you, talking you, about? You see if you God, don't have knowledge of... Go ahead. You Wait, see you God in nature. Let's go back to I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to come to make it Green Book worthy here. It, is let, there... Let, the, the hope was... That, that was... A light that I can understand. You said the word knowledge. Innate in the eternality of God. Innate in the eternality of God. Yeah. Because every God knowledge. Every every what knowledge is there innate in the eternality of God that gives us Hmm. hope. Something. Okay, what knowledge gives us hope? What knowledge gives us peace? What knowledge gives us joy? What no, knowledge well, gives us peace? Scripture does that. Well, it starts, I mean, it starts in believing. You can have all the knowledge of everything, but you have to believe it. Once you believe, that's when salvation happens, right? You believe in Jesus Christ. You believe in who he is, and you believe that uh, he died and he went to heaven. So that, But uh, belief brings you knowledge. Yeah, but what I'm trying or to do is the knowledge get back your belief? to... What, 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 what I'm trying to say is when Paul was talking to the Romans who didn't have any belief in any kind of scriptures, he says that you're not without excuse because you know that there is a God from the, from the creation that is around you. So the knowledge, okay, let's, let, I mean, let's work it down. Let's break it down. So we have knowledge, and it's knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. Through creation because first. Because of his et- eternality. Yeah. Of God. Through or by creation, which would you prefer? Hmm. Through creation. Through creation. Through his, his creation. Okay, and we have knowledge. It was a two-parter. What was the other? We have knowledge of God by what? The second thing I want you to talk about, Joe, is the confidence we have, because God is eternal. We not only have hope, because hope is different than confidence. What is different about hope and confidence? Biblical hope is confidence. (laughs) Biblical hope is confidence, okay. Because someone, well, the worldly I, I, hope is the possibility. Okay, I, I got to say, so if, Joe, if, if you have, if you have hope and you have confidence, is hope and confidence a different thing? Well, you have hope. Hope is an emotion that you get from confidence, don't you think? Yeah, I think that hope is, is 
is an emotion. Hope is that, much more of an emotion. Right. Well, I, I'll mm. buy that. But the confidence you have. I think hope is the, an intangible and confidence is a tangible. Right. And confidence comes from reading the word, from knowing the knowledge. You can participate. Right. Don't you think? If we believe. So, okay. Well, you don't. Well, well, well we already accepted. We already accepted the fact that God is eternal. Since we know that God is eternal, if we only knew that one attribute Probably. about God, if we knew the one attribute about God, that he was eternal, always was, always is, and always will be, how does that help us? When we're in the well, dark that room... that gives us hump, uh, hope. The light of hope but, is... Oops, say again. The light of hope is, we have hope. Right. Because... Since he has given many promises, he, because of his existence eternally, is demonstrating and gives us not just our hope, but a confidence. And there's, I believe there's a difference between hope and confidence, because hope is something that I have myself, and confidence is something that I display to others. Right. That's what I— uh, You're confident. Maybe that's my, uh, my understanding, because I have hope. I have hope. That's a personal— but I have confidence, and my confidence I display. I, my, well, we could display my hope is played out through we could my display, through we confidence. We could display confidence in the word that it's true. We could display confidence in things that are tangible. Right. But it's hard to show confidence in things that aren't tangible unless you have belief and faith in that. You could say belief and faith. It's okay. They're not dirty words. I know they're That's not, fine. but... I could be confident that I'm gonna, when I pick up this phone, I'm, I'm going to be able to hold it. That's right. confidence. Can someone has confident can be confident in who the word? What I'm trying to explain, I can't even explain it. You can have hope in the word, which gives you confidence that the word is true, or is it confident that because you have the hope? Is it conf- are you confident because you... I believe we are confident because of the hope. Because of the hope. So I have confidence because of the hope. Okay. That's why I have to give an answer for the hope that is within me, because not an answer for the confidence that I have. Because the hope has evidence. The hope has evidence. And it's evidence that, one, you see, in, like, I'm going to get back to Romans again, through nature... And the other part of it is the evidence that you see in the scripture. And the third part, which is even more personal, is the evidence that you see in your life as directed by God. Okay, is there, is there any other benefit to us? Because we've got hope, we've got knowledge, we've got confidence. Is there anything else that, that we can have because of, let's just run Does down give some us assurance. Assurance, okay. Assurance of what? Assurance of the hope and confidence that we have in the Word. Good. That makes sense. God gives us assurance by showing in Scripture the um, not only his, all His attributes that we can see and clearly around us, right, but all the prophecy that was. That was fulfilled also. Does that give us insurance? I, I guess what I'm, I'm... Or am I going the wrong way here? No, I think you're fine. I think that uh, when Doc talked about those things that are uh, 
commutable. Mm-hmm. That much of that is demonstrated in what, Doc? Um, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. So it's demonstrated in the fruit of the Spirit. What are the fruit of the Spirit? Or what is the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is what occurs in a person when he submits to the direction of the Holy Spirit in his life. What's the list of the fruit of the Spirit, Joe? Love, joy, gentleness. Peace. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, um, you guys I, need to learn a song. Yeah, I never learned it as a kid. I, I have a, my <laughs> own little um, um, a faith. Love, joy, peace, peace. Patience, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, yeah. and self-control. self-control. Against such there is no law. Right. Love, joy, peace. peace. Yeah, and then I go. Patience, to- kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self. If you learn the song. Uh, I, I never learned it as a kid. You know, we have this thing, this place in the back of church. It's <laughs> called the Sunday School. Yeah. I would really encourage you to spend some time yeah, imparting if, some of your knowledge and wisdom to some of those if, kids if, back there. If if I do Sunday School, I, I've done kitty crud before. My grandkid almost killed me. So I, I have, have a uh, tendency to stay away from really small kids now. Okie dokie. <laughs> so I have a man who hates children here with me. How about you, Joe? No, I just can't <laughs> medically take kids anymore. So, I mean, what we're looking at here is just because of the eternality of God, if we took no other attribute and you can't, what we're finding here, and I, I really wanted us to look at this because it's really difficult. It's like trying to describe God and giving a list of words that you're not allowed to use and say, you can only use these words. And we're like, but, 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 but he's omniscient, but he's omnipresent, but he's compassionate, he's good, but God, he's, he loves and he cares, but God, but, and, and I'm like, we're just focusing on the eternality yeah. right now. And it's hard because like, you I, just can't, because I cut your hamstring. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just concentrate on right. the eternality because of the infinite, his, inf, how would you call it? His infiniteness. You just can't concentrate on that because it interacts with everything else. But even if we were to just, I mean, like, let's say we took the light spectrum, we put the best prism in there and we separated it and we just wanted to look at one of the colors of the light spectrum of God. His attributes are infinite. So we put it through the spectrum or the prism. We put it through the prism and now we can just select one and we're taking eternality. If we took eternality, we still get hope. We get knowledge. We have confidence. We have assurance. I think that'll lead us to the fruit of the Spirit, even just knowing the eternality of God. I think we'll then learn something, which is, you know, this God who has all of the, uh, all the knowledge from one end to the other has imparted to us some knowledge. Everything that has been given to us is a result of who he is, and only that one little—it's like playing one string on his guitar. If we just pluck that one string, it could resonate eternally. We could, we could sit there and focus on it forever, because there's so much in the eternality of God. Since God always was, we can have confidence. Since God always is, we can have hope. Since God always will be, we can have—I mean, the fruit of the Spirit— Joy. Yeah. We can have peace. 
if I didn't know anything else about God, if I only knew that he was eternal, I can still have peace because of the God who reveals himself being everlasting because nothing else in this world is. I, I could cry out to God. And, and if you were with Paul in Athens, you could point to that statue of the unknown God and, and say, let me tell you about him. And he opens up with, he is the God that created everything, which dropped their jaws because they had no God that created everything. So now that we've, we've done the hamstring eternality of God, let's for the next few minutes, let's just say because God is eternal, what is it that we can have absolute confidence and hope in? And let's just say, for instance, we can have confidence and hope in the fact that he knows the beginning and the end. He, oh, and the way he said that, I know the end from the beginning. Why is that important? Because we're moving one way in time, and he's saying, oh, where you're going, I already know that. And I knew that from the beginning of time. I know what the end is. So nothing is so catching what you're him. Is the inflection is important. Yeah. So it's not, I know the end from the beginning, but I know the end from the beginning. Okay. So one way means I understand both. I understand the end. I understand the beginning. The other is yeah. I understand the end since the, the beginning. beginning. I was there. I understood it before it even happened. Because I, um, time and space and all the rest of that is like a table, and I'm above the table. You know, it's interesting that as we, we do this and we look at this, and uh, I want us to kind of dissect these a little bit. I want us to be challenged, because it's easy just to, to Google the eternality of God or God is infinite and what that means. I want us to look at, at the infinite, the eternality mm-hmm. of God and be able to say, because he is, I can face tomorrow. Yeah. Because he is. So that when he says these words, he's outside of time and eternity. That when I, when I really do believe all of that, that I can, I'm going to ask Joe to, to look, are you looking something up specifically? I'm no, going to ask Joe yeah, to uh, share a thought on this. But outside of time and eternity, but he's all through time and eternity through his spirit. So that when but, he uh, says but, uh, this. You know, I think that when Jesus, ahead, Jesus told his disciples that he was going to go to a place, they couldn't come, they couldn't go where he was going. Wasn't that explaining that he knows the end? Yeah, he said even before the world was formed. They had to, I was. What Everything I'm saying is when, before the foundation. Before Jesus laid. died on the cross, he told the disciples he goes to a place they can't go. Right. So isn't he showing there that and then he died? Do you think they realized at that point? Not at that point, but later on. I, I think they realized they finally got a handle on it when he appeared to them over and over and over again. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, just a side note to those who are uh, uh, the deep Bible students. The Word of God says, let a matter be established by the mouth of two, two, or even three, three witnesses. There has to be real-life testimony. It has to be truthful, verifiable evidence. And ah. Jesus did not violate his own command. Right. He doesn't say, I'm rising from the dead, take my word for it. 
He said, I'm rising from the dead. Here I'm going to give you evidence. So he presents the evidence. Feel my wounds to Thomas. And if you look at the people to whom he spoke, he gave every group at least two or three witnesses. So you start to look at the disciples, and not just once, not just twice, but three times. You talk to Mary, not just once, not just twice, three times. They had not just, because there is no, maybe you were seeing things, Mm -hmm. maybe you were just emotionally overcharged. All right, I'll give you that. The first day at the the tomb, I was a little bit overcharged. A week later, (laughs) uh, am I still overcharged? He appeared to us. Am I still overcharged? He met me by the Sea of Galilee. Am I still overcharged? He appeared to 500 of us all at once. Am I still overcharged? He brought us up where he was being uh, translated into heaven. Am I still overcharged? How many times do I have to have testimony after testimony after testimony? And that's the positive testimony. There you go. The negative testimony is, where's the body? Where's the body? Yeah, because Christianity could have ended. The first week after the after Easter, all they had to do was present the body. They never could present the body. So all these people said, oh, he's risen again. The evidence is he, he was risen. So let me, ask, <laughs> let me ask you to do a couple of minutes on this, Joe. Paul says, I rejoice that to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So he's absent from the body, and he's present from the Lord. God being eternal, stepping outside of time, time and that. that why is it important that, there, that time is not a hamper or a hindrance to our God when it comes to our exiting this mortality? Why is it not important? Why is it important? Why is it important? His not being in time. Why is it important when it comes to us dying and exiting and heading into because he's eternal? He has to be eternal to be able to be there for us all. Okay, right. I mean, if there's people dying at all different for us, all different times, so he has to be that eternal God that's there for everyone, right? Is that and then? So you mean when one person dies, they don't they don't wait for the next one and. It's a, it happens. It happens consistently. It happens is, instantaneously. Is that what know, you're talking about? Yeah, it okay. happens instantaneously. So God why has would, to be. Why able would we use the word instantaneous? Because He says, uh, "Last breath here, first breath, next breath with God." How long does it take to get there? A breath. How long does it take to get to heaven? <laughs> How long does it take to get to heaven? Instantaneously. How far is heaven? How far is heaven? It's uh, just a. When Paul Over was caught yonder. up to the third heaven, how long does it take to get to the first heaven? Oh, boy. How long does it take to get to the second heaven? Hmm. Good question. I don't remember that stuff. Okay. I don't know the was. numbers. Okay. What I'm trying to get to... What I'm, what I'm trying <laughs> I don't know where to, you're going with that. Okay. That if God were not eternal, if he were not outside time. of time, then <laughs> to be caught up into the heavens with him would take an exhaustive amount of time. Because he would have to take us from here through the atmosphere, up into sky, into space, space uh, through space oh, to get to the so realm. So you're saying where if, God if if God wasn't dwells. eternal, it, it you'd have to have additional time to get to heaven. It, there would be time. Everything would be time. Be time. Everything would be locked in time. Everything would be locked in time. 
so and God is not soul. locked in time. Okay. Your mortal soul being freed from your body uh, is not okay. is no longer locked, locked in, in time. time. Why is it not locked in time? Because God is eternal is what you're saying. Because God is eternal. But eternal has a different meaning though when you look when you really look at the meaning of eternal, it doesn't have that that time reference. Why? Why? Good question. Why? Let me think of that one next. Why? Because What's time was thought? created. Because God's God's outside of His creation. <laughs> yeah. See, I God love the questions I'm, to, I'm supposed to answer God, that no, you're God making is up. outside of time. I, right. Yeah, exactly. I know. That's really tough. I, I'm, I understand that. Wasn't that wasn't very nice. You, you are. You're trying to pull it out of me, and, and I didn't have enough caffeine. But <laughs> yeah, God is outside of His creation, is, yeah. but He's all through His creation through His Spirit, but and that's you, the wonderful thing. When you breathe your last. I mean, it takes a long time to walk across from one side of the hospital to the other, let alone get on the bus and but make your way not, to the but outer limits. Either way, if you read Scripture and you believe what it says when it tells you your last breath here, your first breath in heavens, that's instantaneous, right? Right. So it has nothing to do with it. If someone's looking at it on the outside, I don't have to know God's eternal. I knew He lives forever. Correct. And everlasting. I just know when I die, I'm in heaven. So the, the lay person, so to speak, is just saying... I don't need to know all this stuff. Correct. But you don't need to know all that. But the thing is this. Not that in, I'm saying in it's, order it's not to, important. Oh, yes, in no. order, because you must be born again. Otherwise, you don't go. Well, You're spiritually it, it, wait a minute, dead. Wait a let's, let's get down to facts here. The first part of this whole thing is you have to believe in a, in a, in a Jesus Christ. You have to believe in who he is, what That's he did. What Nothing agree. else matters after that. But when you believe, you see it. So now when we believe that, the heart, the hope. All of the words we're talking about develops in here. It's all interconnected with the joy, the happiness. Everything's interconnected with belief. That's it. You but start you to believe because you also see the evidence in your life of how he's interacting with you. After you become born again, you see right. it. You don't see it before that. But then you can also you, look back in your life where he set you up. After you believe, <laughs> after the belief comes in that kicks in and you become saved, you can look back and say, well, maybe, maybe that was God at that point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which, uh, what, I want us to, what I want us to get to is that if we look at the eternality of God, there are certain things that are, are clearly evident and evidenced. One of the things that is evidenced is we know that we die. Yes. We believe, an innate belief, as Doc put it, in an infinite. So we have an innate belief that we go on forever. Science puts it this way, information cannot, cannot be, be destroyed. Cannot be destroyed. Right. So everything that is you, even matter, can't be destroyed. Everything that is you continues on forever. Since there is something that they can't explain, we'll call it your intellect, if nothing else. Consciousness. That, your con thank you, your consciousness. Your consciousness goes on forever. It must go somewhere, and if it's locked in time, that's a problem. But since God says everything that is you is in Christ, a new creation, everything that's in you will be raised incorruptible. Everything that is you, because of Christ, now has the benefit of him being in him, so that when you're freed from this mortal body, you're freed from time. And now you're in the eternal. eternal. And if you're in the eternal— You're in the internal with him. You're in the eternal with him. So when we look around and people say, I wonder what happens when we die, we can say, because God is eternal, he knows the end from the beginning, in the beginning God created, and God gives us all these uh, indicators 
of his attributes, one of his attributes just being he is eternal. If someone only had that one song, God is eternal, they should be able to say, when I die, something eternal happens. Mm-hmm. If that is a descriptor of God or one of his attributes, maybe I want to look and find out how I can know what happens to my forever Mm -hmm. and say, well, as you would point out, in Christ, you're a new creation. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, Son of the living God, you're in Christ, the new creation, and therefore your eternity begins with great joy filled with wonder, just as Paul says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. If you're and an unbeliever, present with the Lord. You're present with the eternal Lord. I never looked that word up. I wonder if it physically means Your currently spirit in the same... is with, is with because Jesus. Jesus Christ is in the present. He's not in the future. He's not in, he's in, I mean, he can be because he's outside of time, but in heaven, it's always now. Yeah. It's always right now. So, I'm the one that's that's stuck here in this time. He can, of course, look through time future and see the end from the beginning because of who he is. But I'm the one that's locked in. If we can say, okay, because of the eternality of God, I now can recognize that my bot, my being separated from this mortal body is instantaneous from my perspective, but I'm removed from the confines of even time. Right. Which is Kind of blowing my mind. Because I didn't even think we were going to head down that way. Because I'm see, present with the eternal God. Do you want to look at infinity? Just, just go outside and when it's dark and look up. Even then, even even <laughs> that, can, that, that even that they 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 can. That's what the web thing is to go back, back in time to to the beginning. Even that's not infinite. God is above that. That's why when you look out. At the night sky, to that quote infinity, that's just the second heaven. The third heaven is infinite, because that is literally outside of time. They have the Webb Space Telescope to try Mm -hmm. to look at the first stars formed after God made it. They're never going to catch up to them. So anyway, so when we look at just even the eternality of God, it helps us to understand 1 Thessalonians 4. When we see the dead in Christ rise first, we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet him in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That the resurrections that happen, all from the heavenly perspective, happen simultaneously. Because why wouldn't they? So for the believer to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And for the unbeliever, it is it is appointed unto man once to die. And, and then, then the judgment. Then the judgment. I got this from from a viewer that said... Uh, Titus 1, verse 2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. Eternal life. Eternal life. Which he promised before time began. So if God is eternal, let me just ask, if God is eternal, I'm going to ask each of you to answer the question. If God is eternal, and I look around at everything I see, and everything has a termination point in this world. Why would I not want to be part of something infinite? I think most people do want to be part of something infinite. And I'm going to change one of your words. Go ahead. You said if. 
I would say since I know you're saying it in the Pauline yeah, say, uh, 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 it's if meaning the if is since God is eternal, why wouldn't we want to be part of something eternal? Since. And and it is we do, but sometimes the fall and our fear make us afraid of being with something that perfect. How do we help our loved ones, Joe? You know, it's simple belief. What comes down to people don't know there's a God that's eternal. They don't believe there's a God that's eternal. They don't believe there's a God. So the first part, the first, the hardest part to get somebody to believe that they have eternity is they have to believe there's a God who has who's eternal. That's the problem. We have to make it simplified. We can't talk about time continuums. We have to talk about to bring people to the knowledge, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, they have to believe first. Do you, you do understand that globally, less than 2% of the entire world doesn't believe that there's a God? I, I, I know I've seen these, but most of the people that say that, I know there's a God, but, but do they believe in Jesus as, a, as their Savior? No, most no. people don't no. believe in Jesus, but you said it begins with the belief in God. 98% of the world believes that, believe a, that there I is understand a that, but I don't think they believe in a God that, that we're talking about. They believe there's so, a higher power. They believe the universe is there. They believe there's some higher power, but they don't have the belief they need to tie it to an eternity with God. Okay. So and that's where so we have to be in, to be out there to... So what are, the, what are the steps we should take? What are the steps? Well, as a non-believer... No, what are, what are the steps we should take? We want to offer them the same hope that we have. We want them to have peace and well, joy. Well, this radio station is out there. People are, who knows who's listening? They're wondering how they want to get more information. They want to simplify it. Uh, we don't want to talk about uh, time continuums all the time. You have to talk plain language to people to get them to understand what the Bible is teaching. We have to be christ-like wherever we're at we can't hide it where we're at we have to be god-like uh, christ-like wherever we're at and be able to share the bible to be able to share like you want people to be able to share their testimony uh, in 30 seconds i'm not sure so sure that's going to change anybody it's going to plant seeds but it's not going to change anybody hopefully so, it just spurs conversation right and you think it may uh there are a lot of conversations i have with people when you first time you ask them uh do you know where you're going when you when there's time? And uh, yeah, you know, are you going to heaven? Uh, well, I hope so. Or they change the subject and move on to something else. They're not interested in the God that you're talking about. Oh, there's a God there, but if they don't have that belief set up, you can believe in God be anything in your life, but you don't believe in the God of eternality that we're talking about. I, I know you're kind of giving me a lot, but I, I want to kind of break it down. The first thing that you said, you know, want us to take it home. The first thing you said is we need to live a lifestyle. That demonstrates that we have a confident hope. You got to be able believer. to be accused you're a Christian and Jesus Christ is your Savior. Yes, right. So you ha you have to live that out in your life. Right. The, what is the evidence of that? The evidence of that is everything you do, the way you talk, the way you, the way you conduct business, the way you talk to people. Um, the, the fruit of the spirit. The well, that's you, what that's the whole part. I mean, you people the way are you give at, money, the way you spend your time. But the thing is, it's got to be more than that. Because there's so many good people out there that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior are living as good as me or better, uh, as far as their morals, as far as 
reaching out. You, you can look at, I know we can all name people right now that we could say, well, he, he must know, they must know Jesus Christ the way they act or the way they are, but they don't. There's got to be a difference. That's the point you're looking for. There's got to be something else that people can say, yeah, they are a Christian. And, and uh, I mean, that might be the hardest part when you're out for that to be shown, you'd be shown a Christian other than, um, let me think of that one. But go ahead. Okay. Pull it out of me. I'm, I'm just trying to get you to, to uh, you had four or five points, okay. but you gave us kind of the, um, you gave us the, the painting, and I want to break it down by stroke the by Stroke, stroke right. by stroke. So the first I would say would be live a lifestyle that exemplifies that Jesus Christ has changed your life. Mm-hmm is the first part. Is that going to, in and of itself, since I am a believer, and I now run my business practice this way, and I do all the things that I should this way, all of my neighbors will all of a sudden say, man, I want to be a Christian too. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But that's that's a step. What's the next step that we should take? Or if we want to reach them, you can reach what do we out. Do? You can reach out to someone and, and ask them if they if they know. You can ask them right out. Ask them. There's nothing wrong with engaging a conversation right. with the people you care about. Exactly. If you have a relationship with someone and you you don't care about their eternity, that's not loving. I mean, you're not I, trying to you're not trying to point bony fingers saying, you know what? I know you from the world's perspective, you're a good person, but if you die, you're going to spend the rest of your eternity in hell. Now, now isn't that interesting? Because in the last few weeks. We've been talking to a couple people, and I know I have, um, that are looking at looking at death in the, straight in the eye, and that motivated. I was going to say that motivated me at least to go and to see if they know where they're going when they die. We should be motivated before we know someone is has a of bad health. Right. So we have to be motivated before that because. You know, we never know when people are going to go. We just don't know when their time is up. So we have to be motivated to reach out, to talk to people, not to be afraid to to uh, to reach out to people and, and talk to them about God. I think that's great. So reach out and talk to them, engage in conversation, be prepared, know the Word of God, pray before ah. you go. All of those things are all uh, the necessary steps toward it, but it begins with... It begins with the knowledge. Well, you have to you have to walk the walk. You have to walk, and the walk is uh, well everything we're talking about. Be able to do it also if you have to open your mouth. You have to speak. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Praise God! Somebody finally says it in the world. We're not afraid of it. Mm-hmm. You have to actually open your mouth. People are not going to become Christian by osmosis. If I spend enough time driving by their house, eventually they'll see the bumper sticker on the back of my car, and. God will pierce their heart, and they will become saved. <laughs> but the, the thing is, we got to be careful because you you can't throw a lot of scripture. Someone you can't say enough of the right stuff to the wrong person sometimes. But they'll know we're Christians not but, by our knowledge of the scripture. Right. They'll they'll know we're Christians not by our ability to present to them an evangel- evangelical or evangelistic uh, testimony. They'll know we're Christians by our love. Mm. So we have to demonstrate that we love people. And then we demonstrate that we love it. By the way, in this world, that's already unique. People thinking that you care. One of the things you say all the time is they can't know how they much. Don't know, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's right. They don't care how much you know until they know how much I you mean, care. That, I don't so, talk about it much at all, but that on Instagram I have that Being Anyone Project. And that's what that's all about, and I, I share a lot, of, a lot of positive, a lot of things about that. But then I also share, I share Scripture. Every you know, 
few days every so every so often to, I want people to see the love that's out there and they, then they want them to know where where the heart is from because we can all have a heart of love but our heart of love comes from Jesus it comes from God through Jesus Christ so unless you show you're a Christian they're not they're just going to think you're just someone else that loves them does that make sense but your hold testimony on. hold on doc uh, one of our uh, famous listeners is uh, asking this question uh, Paul said the hope of his calling is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Yeah. Yeah, give me the scripture and verse for that. Uh, I, I wish I could, but the person that sent it to me did not do that. Um, so if you're listening there... Uh, Let me just look it up what you just I said. I got it here, too. I got good, good. So if you want to... But while you guys are looking that up, I'll talk to Doc for a second. In my new walk in life, mm -hmm. today with a client of mine who I knew already went through the walk, mm -hmm. it was the first time I had a, I guess, a Christian conversation. About, yeah, a conversation, and I never walked out of, of me feeling so hyped and positive and positive and ready to go by just being able to share just a little bit, not a lot of scripture, but just talking about mm -hmm. Christian things. That that's that's part of your witness, right. okay? Um, you were probably in prayer this day, and that was an opportunity that God gave you for fellowship with someone who mm -hmm. knew you in the past, right? And it, and and, 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 and they walked away probably feeling the same way, knowing and seeing the change in your life, right? And, and I felt so. I, I couldn't describe the feeling after the person left the room because I, I was like, wow, you, you know, like, you know, like watching a baseball game and all of a sudden how it ended, mm -hmm. like, wow, you know, it was just a great, great, great moment in, in life. Um, he texted you, Joe, um, or did he not? No. All right. Uh, Is he talking about Paul's prayer in... Ephesians one eighteen, the eyes he's of saying, your understanding he's being saying four, that you four. may know what is the hope of his calling. What Ephesians four four, yeah. His inheritance in the saints. I mean, these are all. This is what Paul prays that believers might know. Uh, one of the things that he prays for them is that the eyes of their understanding are opened, that they might know by experience. That's the word to know by experience. What is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance? in the saints, which, by the way, we are his inheritance, and he's ours, which is amazing when you start to look at it and uh, plumb the depths of it. But when we just look at the eternality of God, I think that that speaks volumes to people because they're afraid. Uh, if, if mankind really believed that when we died, this is the end, when we faced our eternity, they wouldn't be as afraid. They wouldn't be scared. Because it's over. It happened to everybody before us. It happened to our moms. It happened to our grandmoms. Mm -hmm. It happened to our great-grandmoms. And they're not screaming, crying out in pain somewhere. So it that must you can hear. <laughs> it must just be over. over. Yeah. But and no, when it's over, it's just over. But that violates that law of information once created. cannot be destroyed. One. But what two, do you do? Go ahead. Homo religiosus. Right. Although they call it homo sapiens. It's actually homo religiosus. Because man has always worshipped at some time. He saw the, 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 the moon and its phases and said, that's like clockwork. And the stars in its phases and the rotation through of the, quote, constellations, 
And he looked up into the heavens and said, that's like a clock up there. I can plant my, my crops when I see that constellation, and I can harvest it when I see that constellation, and they always come up at the same time. Mm. Mm. Man, that's a pretty good clock. I wish that sounds like an intelligence. That sounds like an intelligence made that clock. And it, it, it just, it's so precise. It's always there. There's always the four phases of the moon. Okay. And then if you're near the sea, you see the tides come in and out. Like and, clockwork. And because of all of it, everybody, I believe that, I'll put it this way, I have not met a man or woman that has faced their eternity. And I've been there through many uh, deathbed with people. And I have not met one that does not believe that there is an eternity. They all have, some believe that they are saved by grace and they're going to spend their eternity in heaven. Some believe they probably have done enough and they'll take their chances with God. Mm -hmm. Some have actually said, shaking their fist at God, I'm going to die owning up to my own choices because I made my decisions and I'm not a coward. I'm going to face my God and I'm going to do whatever penalty he tells me I owe. And my heart breaks for people. But I have not been at the bedside of any person ever that really believes that when I close my eyes for the last time, it's over. I know people say that they believe that. I know people say, when we die, it's all over. I have not met one at their deathbed. Because inherently we know we're more than just this body. Right. I believe that we know that we are going on from here. And that should cause us to look and say, how can I know where I'm going? And I want to tell them how we can know where we're going. Because God is eternal. He created us to be immortal. Immortal. We're going Through to be him. in Christ forever. Ever. And Jesus Christ said, I want you to be with me. So wherever I am, you can be with me forever. What a wonderful God, the God of forever. Forever was gives great confidence for the forever will be. Because I, I really, I have to trust in tomorrow. But since I can look at a God who has always been and shows no signs of not always being, that's my confidence and my hope. Mm-hmm. I'm in because I'm in Christ. So I just, I just wanted to find just the one attribute and explore it from there. And then, go ahead, Joe. <laughs> I was going to bring something else up. Go ahead, bring something up. You, got you said a little while ago, it might take more than two minutes, or four minutes, whatever you said. Three minutes, four minutes? <laughs> that 2%, uh, 98% of the world believes in God. Correct. So you believe 98% of those people believe there's a, a life, an afterlife. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I think that's hard to believe. Okay. Oh, some, uh, Hindus say you come back. Right. I thank you. Oh, I understand that. Yeah. Oh, that's that's part of it. That's part of it. Um, Confucianists say you go with your ancestors. Right. But uh, we the real belief that we're talking about is a bit different. This is this this is this is this is homo religiosus here. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the elaborate thing that the Egyptians went through with the mummification. And there's tribes in Africa believe in different spirits. Also, they believe our God. So they're. What I'm saying is, it's I don't believe it's the same. 
No, 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 it's, it's no. Right. <laughs> but it's not saying 98% of the people believe in the God that we believe in. Right. No. Correct. Oh, yeah, it's right. probably yeah. the other way around. Different yeah. thing, different <laughs> gods that they're believing in. Some are believing in a God that makes them reincarnate. Some people believe there's a God of fire. Some people believe in the Greek gods. That was a whole thing back then. Of Some people beings. believe that you become a god. Right. So mm -hmm. when we talk about real belief in, in, a, in a god, an eternal god, let's but, shrink that number a whole, bu whole uh, yeah, bunch. Yeah, a whole bunch. Yeah, but right. it is. Right. But it is. Everybody, everybody has this innate thing in them. No, let, let's, let's, get the, let's clarify the point. And the point is, I said that 98% that of the people in the world believe that there is a god. That could be not that cloudy. that's a big point, but... Could be cloudy. But, right. It's not that 98% of the people believe in the God of the Bible or believe in the God that I purport is the God of the Bible. 98% right. of the people in the world believe that there is a power, whether it's Mother Earth... <laughs> you know, the universe. The Gaia. universe. Yeah. I mean, they put a name to it. They have to put a name, name. to it because right. you have to put a name and a face because that's what humans do. Not for nothing, just the... Well, when, when Doc says the words homo religiosus, that means religious man, because we are not necessarily upright man. We or, are. Or knowledgeable or man, knowledgeable which is man. homo sapiens. We are. <laughs> we are religious man, because every people group everywhere in the world has some form of religion. And every people group that they've reached believe that there is a deity. We'll use the word just deity and not God, because then the, there's more clarity. So Yeah, that's, yeah. So every people group in the world believe that this is not the end. So since they do, some go into their end more fearful than others. Some go into the end believing that I lived a good life here. As long as I go bravely into the new world, I go to be with my ancestors. Mm -hmm. And honorably. On, that's, thank you. That's a good word. Honorably. <laughs> then I go to live with my ancestors. And there are, there are millions of people that believe that in the world. Mm -hmm. There are others, millions, that believe that one day when I stand before the God, that I will have my deeds weighed, and my heart has to be... Lighter than a feather. Very light, because the other side of the scale is going to have something very light on it. So I need to be pure before God, because they believe that there is an eternity, and they want their eternity to be a good one. So we don't have to necessarily already get to the point that people believe that there's a God. We just have to get to the point that we believe that, that they've been introduced to the true God. That's like the so, Athenians needed. Yeah. So why don't we do this? Let's get to the basics right now for people that are totally confused of how much knowledge they need to have to get into heaven. You need to believe that there is one God, that that God created mankind, and mankind has sinned, and that the penalty for sin is, is going to be paid for by us, or it's been paid for by Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary, and if he can die in my place as a substitute, then I can walk in the freedom that's provided. It's, God's not trying to make it difficult. Do we believe that the world is corrupt and filled with sin? We should. 
Should we get to the point that I believe that I'm a sinner? I should. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Don't lose hope, because even while I was an enemy of his, Christ died for me. So I need to just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. So if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in my heart God raised him from the dead, I will be saved. So it really only took less than 14 seconds for me to share the Romans road, which is I need to confess that I'm a sinner, believe that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for my sin, ask him to forgive me of my sin and make me a child, and he will. And if you've ever, never done that and you want to do that now, you can pray with me even right now. Father, I come to you, and I know that uh, sin separates me from you. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross at Calvary, and I believe that he paid the penalty for my sin. Thank you for forgiving me because of his finished work there. Make me your child. Amen. Amen. And you're saved. Uh, so praise God for all of the wonderful, <coughs> glorious attributes of God. This was just one and I think we explored it pretty good. Thank you very much. What's the next one next week, Joe? As he looks that up, we're going to be exploring some of them. And if you have any comments or questions, please send them in because we'd like to address them. If you have any prayer requests, we certainly would like you to send them in, and we can and will pray for you throughout the week. So, oh, goodness. goodness. Next goodness. week is goodness. Yes, and that's a communicable tr- That is attribute. a wonderful thing, because tomorrow night, Wednesday night, at Calvary Chapel, Hamilton, I am teaching on the attribute of the goodness of God. Taste and see that the Lord is good, Psalm 34. Well, they give, they give, uh, they have a few references, they use Exodus 34, 6 to 7, Psalm 25, 8, James 1, 17. Exodus 34, 6 to 7 says, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. But I think if you continue that, but for those who love him... He to the thousands, the thousand to the generations, generations. Mm-hmm. God is good. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. The goodness of God. Go ahead. Before we end, before we end, do you want to talk about April first? April third. April third. I'm sorry. April third. April third is a prayer night. Anyone and everyone is invited. Six o'clock on a Sunday night. We're going to get together. Local. I, I've invited uh, all local churches to come. Please come to the church and pray. We're going to come and pray and seek God's face. We're going to ask him for his blessing, wisdom, and understanding, and simply commit our uh, time of prayer and adoration and praise to him. So join us for an evening of prayer. We're going to pray for all of the things that um, are weighing heavily on the hearts of believers, not just for this nation, but for the nations that surround us. And we're going to pray for those who are in authority and so forth. So please join us for that. Prayer is powerful. It changes things. And we want to get all of the resources of heaven involved in our circumstances. So April 3rd, 6 o'clock, Calvary Chapel of Hamilton. Please be there with bells on, prepared to pray. Uh, God bless you guys. Thank you. And thanks for joining us here on The Carpenter Son. We appreciate you. God bless.
God bless. Thank you for joining us and listening to The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo of Calvary Chapel of Hamilton. Join us next Tuesday at 7 p.m. for The Carpenter's Son on WNJHradio.com. from the Blueberry Capital